TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Welcome to the podcast. And now... You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to the program. I'm Zev Brenner. We're continuing looking at the final chapter of the Chaim Walder story. And uh, we are going to take your phone calls in just a little bit. But uh, first, I wanted to thank Morty Getz and Eichlers.com for not only sponsoring this broadcast, but they took the lead in banning the books from their store early on, a heroic decision. And uh, they want to make sure that the books that they carry in the store don't have the kind of taint which the Chaim Walder books had. And you can always shop at them, shop Eichlers.com, shop Eichlers.com. With us right now is Dr. Trisha Tia. She's been working with survivors of incest and sexual abuse for 40 years. Early in her career, she worked in and later established trauma units in psychiatric hospitals. She currently is in private practice and serves as the co-president and clinical consultant of Our Place. Dr. Trisha Tia, thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. And we'll be joined just, we're waiting for Mayor Laban, who is a Hasidic activist. He should be joining us momentarily as well. So what do you make about this whole Chaim Walder affair? First, let's look at the impact that it has, because I understand in Israel somebody committed suicide after this whole, after he committed suicide, one of his victims committed suicide. Well, it's been very distressing, needless to say, for, you know, survivors. Um, Not just the issue of what he did, but the outpouring of support for him um, by a lot of people in the Orthodox community has brought up um, a lot of similar issues that people had when they told their parents, when they told um, employers, when they told people what had happened to them, and they were not believed. So there's a a lot of sadness, a lot of pain, reopening of old wounds um, as they see who is a man who's a potential perpetrator, he wasn't convicted, um, being lauded by um, the community. But was he lauded by the community? Because it seemed in the last two or three weeks, once the story broke, I have to give credit not only to Haredi Media in Israel, but you had uh, publications where he was involved with that that, ref- that stopped selling his books. You have Eichler's and Barbark that took the first lead in doing so. He, he lost uh, he lost um, his job in an Israeli radio station. He was criticized by lots of Haredi media. They were told not to buy the books. So I would say in this particular case, they were quick to react in a positive way. Yeah, I think it was the funeral that was really hard for um, my clients. And um, it's what the young men and women um, at, at our place as well, just seeing... Uh, this outpouring of support at the funeral appeared to the clients. I'm not, I'm just speaking, kind of giving them a voice um, for the survivors. It appeared to them that he was given a lot of support. 
we're joined by Mayor Laban, who's a Hasidic activist, and we had him on before with this particular story. Were you surprised at what the funeral in Israel, how many people showed up, and some of the reaction where people are saying, at least some are saying that, hey, maybe we were too hasty in condemning Chaim Walder. I'd like to get your reaction. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, so I, I don't... It's hard to say surprised when everything in this whole story was very developed very quickly and uh things were very tragic and 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 awful so so I think that if we're gonna like make that um calculation about what went down, I mean we would rather want to see like the leadership maybe like has failed to have a strong voice, so it's natural that people i believe that some people went to the funeral out of like because everything was still so confusing. So a lot of people, I believe, didn't at the moment, because of like the way things are dealt with, we talk very little about those things, that people naturally wanted to like not believe it. People had a tendency not to believe it. So, um, again, but yes, of course, that for people who went through stuff like that, and even other people, it was hard to stomach to see, um, you know, hundreds of people. But after all, he was famous, and a lot of those people probably just didn't believe it, unfortunately, because we still have a way to go in how we talk about those things. Now, Dr. Trish, uh, Mayor said something very interesting that we didn't really, we don't always believe the victims. I think, are, are we getting better? You've been doing this for 40 years. And this is true of general society 40 years ago to talk about. I remember when I first did Silvery, uh, we're on the air for 40 years. So it was about 38, 39 years ago I did a show about support of Orthodox victims of rape and incest. And I was criticized. And I said, how can you talk about this? And I said that after our broadcast, 35 women called the shelter for help. I said, if I help one person, I did my job. So... I think a lot has changed in 40 years, and I think we're the fact that we can do such a program such as this is a testament to, to that. So I think things have changed. Yes, can we do better? But I think, in a way, it's good that we're having this conversation and people are talking about it. Yes, I'm working with this community about 20 years, and um, I see huge change. Um, I see a change in schools. Um, I see a change in rabbinical response. And um, certainly the therapeutic community, um, there's a lot more support. There are more organizations to support um, survivors. So, yeah, I think it's been a huge change. And, Mayor, you've probably seen that too, right? Yeah, I mean, I, of course I'm not on the forefront like um, Dr. Tricia, but, I mean, there's definitely more receptiveness today to talk about mental health Um subsequently like um, abused too but it's still a topic that is really really hard to like confront um at first to leave because many reasons first of all as Haredim we don't have a lot of public conversations about topics like that it's not just abuse it's just a general refrain from topics but it ends up the fact that those topics are not discussed ends up being used by people with very dark intentions and um and i think that the walder story opened the eyes for many many people that tineas is not not talking about issues like that that's not 
what we mean when we say that like we keep our community pure is not by shoving you know uncomfortable conversations under the rug but rather to like show zero zero tolerance for predators and i, I mean it, it's like sometimes painful things have to happen to impact change so i feel like maybe hopefully it may be that this world story is a little bit of a watershed moment that teaches us that having uncomfortable conversations is actually a good thing and 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 talking more to our kids about abuse and safety instead of less and it's not the talking that's the problem it's like when people don't understand autonomy over their own body and kids don't get the concept of safety and and how to like really like be aware and how to keep our community safe and like to talk about those things rather than just like you know follow an instinct to like an intuition to like stay away from such topics and uh that is hopefully like what a lot of people are trying to do now to bring change in that area of like bringing a language that we can talk about sexual safety and that's like why it's uh we really need people like Dr. Trisha now to show us the way to like you know parents a lot of parents are really receptive now to like do something but this the next frontier really is a lot of education probably from within community from like informed by people who know our community to like really for parents what steps they can take and uh that conversation really is what's going on now in lots and lots of families and households like between parents on on a different level of the political or like the public the news aspect the gossip aspect there's a real like need and lack for like good language and good education and and really like um clear cut advice for parents so like how to have these conversations amongst adults but also between parents and children Amir, thank you. We have a lot of people waiting to speak to you. So let's go to Steve in Brooklyn. Steve in Brooklyn, are you there? Yes, hello. You hear me? Yes, go ahead. Your question for our yes. guests. I'd like to know if you could comment about the letter that was left over and also about the one that Rabbanim said the Shvich was involved with. In other words, what he's saying was is that there's blood on the people's hands, I guess, who... That, that to report the story, right? That did the story. Anybody want to comment? Either Mayor or you, Dr. Trish? Um, I, I don't know about the letter. What letter is he referencing? The suicide letter was left over. Ah, the suicide letter. So, um, I'll, I'll maybe fill in Dr. Trish, so maybe you can give us a little bit more perspective from your angle. So, the, the letter that was left by the author who killed himself was very harsh, very graphic, saying that he's going to go to Bezden to call those people who accused them. Um, and he said something about that he cannot prove his innocence in this world. And, um, you know, seeing handwriting from someone and giving that he committed suicide in such a gruesome and graphic way, it, it, that, that together created an effect that it's almost impossible not to have empathy, unfortunately. He created that story because he's such a good storyteller he created that amazing suicide story. Unfortunately, it's like, it's, it's harsh to say it that way. Uh, and I don't, I'm not in a position of judging a person who, as much as he was despicable, he did an act of insanity, which like created more harm. And, and, and now we'll like have to deal also like 
with that trigger and like as we know that one of his victims subsequently also committed suicide um, and I think Steve was also referencing a letter by Rav Edelstein who was talking about the aspect of that the people or maybe like the, 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 the newspapers who publish stuff like that um, kind of like that they're responsible um, that is an, a different conversation to be had how do we like as like you know with all the respect and like we really believe that people at Rabbi Edelstein, I cannot even like understand the depth of his thinking, but there's also something to be said about, first of all, are those messages that we get from like, the leaders from the Gedolim, is this like informed like by, do, do, we, do we know that they're getting all the information before stuff like that is coming out? And also when it comes to, to safety and mental and, and sexual health, there's a lot that we need to hear from professionals and, 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 and f to like, you know, to really know because it's a safety and a health issue. And um, I don't know, like, as a parent, how, how to approach this is, is as much important to listen to, like, people with, like, mental health backgrounds and stuff. And then, of course, like, you know, as, as Orthodox Jews, we have to, like, you know, make it work with us, Torah, and with Allah about... It's Mayor, in the, in the interest of time, I'm going to let Dr. Trish respond. We have other callers, so you gave a very interesting and good response. I'll let Dr. Thank Trish weigh in. Thank you, Zeth. Um, I think this, the scary thing is um, to, you know, decrease reporting, right? If people are going to be uh, feeling guilty, feeling like they're concerned about reporting because now somebody could kill themselves, that would be one of my concerns, that it would uh, decrease people reporting when our hope is that one of the positive things that can come out of something like this would be more reporting and people feeling more comfortable. And are people, do you find that people are more comfortable to come forth and say, hey, I've been abused because unfortunately, and I said this earlier tonight, is that somebody who's abused, it has ramifications because you probably know a certain percentage of them will come abusers themselves. Some of them may commit suicide. Their lives are ruined. They leave religion. I mean, I spoke to a lot of people who said they were religious, they were pretty observant, they were abused, and now they're not. So it has a lot of ramifications which we may not realize. Dr. Trish. Yes, um, I think uh, most of the people... Um, a lot of the people who are abused um, are victims and then become survivors. Um, the people who abused them were people who were religious and in power positions. So I think they make a connection that um, the Haredi world or the religious world is uh, filled with perpetrators. You know, they, they see everybody that way. And one of the important pieces um, for therapy and therapists is to help people target um, the people who really hurt them and not generalize that to all of orthodoxy. 
Very interesting point. Our guests are Dr. Trisha Tia, been working with survivors of incest and sexual abuse for 40 years. She's currently in private practice and serves as the co-president and clinical consultant of Our Place in Brooklyn. Mayor Laban joining us has been with us from time to time. He's a Hasidic activist, very knowledgeable about the Chaim Walder case. We're going to take a short commercial break. Tonight's broadcast of Talk Line with Zev Brenner is graciously sponsored by ShopEichlers.com. They have the best selection, best service of books, Judaica, anything you need, and one-day delivery to New York, New Jersey. And you may recall that Morty Getz and ShopEichlers.com were the first to stop selling Chaim Walder's book, a very heroic move. They wanted to make a stand, make it very clear, even if it meant losing some business. So if you want to support their work, Please shop Eichlers.com. That's shop Eichlers.com. As I said, same day delivery in New York, New Jersey. Great prices, great selection, great service. Shop Eichlers.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. One of the most important Jewish institutions in the world today is Talkline with Zeb Rana. He is so smart. And he is so innovative, and he has so many interesting guests. I don't know what Yiddishkeit, I don't know what New York, I don't know what the world would do without Zev. So Zev, Yashikoch, may you go from strength to strength and keep keep informing us and educating us and keep fighting for Jewish values. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to the program, Mom. Zev Brenner, we're looking at the final chapter of Chaim Wal- the Chaim Walder story, who committed suicide. And uh, Dr. Trish Atia joins us. She's been working with survivors of incest and sexual abuse for 40 years, currently in private practice. She's co-president and clinical consultant of Our Place. And also, uh, Mayor Laban joins us. He's a Hasidic activist, and he really knows his story inside out. He's on with us when the story first broke. Okay, we're getting to some of your phone calls and some of your emails. Let's go to Adelia in Kew Garden Hills. Uh, go ahead, Adelia. Your question for our guests. Hi, Shavuotov. Now, I really want to just emphasize the importance of creating a very large community awareness all around on all the sects, whether more to the right, less to the right, whatever it is, but all the communities. I think a lot of the parents are coolest that we have to really educate I think with team efforts, where it's the shuls, the yeshivas, everywhere, we have to have some programs about unwanted touch, and it's the parents have to be really educated about what is happening and and to take measures and steps, such as not, you know, uh, you know, such as talking first of all to kids as young as four and five, according to their age level but also understanding that we have tremendous mental health professionals, which I have a lot of respect for, like, you know, like Trisha Tia and, and all the others, that we have to utilize their guidance and create programs and make sure they're implemented so that everyone will know. You know good good, good suggestion. I'm going to let uh, Dr. Trisha Atia respond to you. Go ahead, Dr. Atia. Well, I don't, I don't know all the programs that are out there, but I know that um, there's a, a, a organization called Maganu. It's affiliated with Our Place, and 
they have developed um, kind of in a box um, a whole program that schools can implement on their own. So what I think is unique about this is it's not having uh, outsiders come into these shivas. It's the ability to train teachers, uh, social workers, and other school officials so that they can roll that out to their parents and to, you know, the school itself. I'm sure there are other programs out there also, but I definitely think there are programs there. Sometimes when something like this happens, people run around, let's create something new. And this is one program. So people could contact Shani at Meganu and um, she'd be happy to share this program. I don't know, you may know other programs that are out there. It's critically important. This one hits children and parents and is um, developed, you know, specifically for a community um, and age appropriate. Let me read an email question before we get to our next phone calls. Rachel writes, how are you supposed to react when your children's school is trying to silence children? Attached to this email is a letter from the Bet Jacob of Borough Park. I read it a couple hours ago on the air. But basically, the, it looks like the principal states that, you know, you shouldn't talk about this high and Walder affair, and we have to keep our children's neshamas pure. And it's my feeling, he writes, that the minds and hearts of our dear children remain pure and wholesome as we navigate this challenge with sensitivity and uh, Siata Deshmaya. I want to get your reaction. Either yours and then I want to get Mayor's as well. Um, you know, unfortunately, we, we don't live in a pure world. And by not educating kids, we are putting them in danger. So I don't really understand how we can pretend that the world isn't the way that it is. And, and we have to educate. I'm not sure what the letter was trying to accomplish. What the letter was trying to accomplish was is that 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 the parents should not talk about the Heimwalder affair. And really the lesson that we need to take from this affair is that unwanted touching has to be reported to parents. A lot of times they're ashamed. The kids think that they're the only victim. They don't realize that there are others involved. And uh, the fact that it has to be communication when unwanted touching should be verboten. It should not be permitted. Um, and there should be rules in education, but some schools don't want to tackle that. That's where I think the issue is. That's what our listener is writing. Well, you know, you can, you can use this as an opportunity to educate. We don't have to continue the conversation about Chaim Walder. Mayor, any thoughts before we take our next phone call? Yeah, I mean, as Dr. Trisha said, um, definitely it's an uncomfortable conversation. And unfortunately that some people would rather not have the conversation instead of like utilizing that moment to have the conversation. So that, that letter was a response to actually a conversation that was already happening. And it's unfortunately, it's very unfortunate that some just tried to shut it down because they're just, because they don't know how to have it. Instead of asking for help, they just rather shut it down. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to Shlomo on the lower East side of Manhattan. Shlomo, your question or comments for our guests. Go ahead, Shlomo. Well, Sadia Gom says one of the five things that turns a person off from uh, from their connection to Torah is the way a religious person acts. And that has to be told to someone who's been affected by someone who acted in a devious way that they do not represent Torah. They're very far from it. Someone who has, who has hurt someone, uh, whether sexually or some other in other ways, that they, in, in other words, not to be turned off because they represent Torah and they're the antithesis of Torah. That's point number one. Now, I just want to mention something about Chaim Walt. 
because I know someone who knows him from 50 years ago. He grew up in he grew up in Haifa, and he was just you know bright in many ways, very creative, a nice writer, top notch writer. But the rabbis in Bnei Brak gave him the title rabbi, and they built him up as the top notch counselor without anything. And, and I think press should be given to people. There's even something from Prague, 1968, sexual preference. Okay, in the interest of time, I'm going to let our guests. Anybody want to tackle that? Evaluation of teachers is what I'm saying. Okay, Evaluation that's important. I think Mayor's responding to you. Thank you. Yes, I mean, definitely, um, I think that what I take out from what you're just saying is that we need to realize that professionals, we need to rely on licensed and uh, professionals who have, like, credentials, not just people who are, like, a little macher in the community. They get close to some people, and they get, like, like just self proclaimed therapist this is a big problem i don't think it's only in our community but from my experience it, is, it exists in our communities too unfortunately like so the first thing that we need to know it's an important point is to like go to a licensed therapist if you have to deal with stuff like that right um i think the doctor can add to that yeah i was i was a little concerned because uh, um, and maybe you both have the answer to this i was concerned that he was referred to in many of the articles that i saw as a therapist, and did he have any training? He was not a licensed therapist. Okay. He was not. So well, parents have the parents have an obligation to check out a therapy. I even saw. I didn't get to speak to Rabbi Ron Eisman about it earlier. But he recommends that parents should be the doors should be open, or there should be parents should be on the outside when a therapy session is taking place to try to avoid these kinds of situations. Right. Right. Um, m many of the male therapists that I know um, will not see women. And I also wanted to say that we've got some great resources in our community with both uh, Relief and Amudim who vet the therapists, who really know who is licensed and capable. So these are great resources for parents or anyone who wants to reach out for help. Thelma, thank you for a good question. Thank you. Let's go to Rifke in Borough Park. Rifke in Borough Park, thank you for waiting. Okay, Rifke in Borough Park, are you there? Go ahead, Rifke. Rifke, are you there? Okay, we'll get Rifke back on the air. Okay, uh, and there, this is such an interesting and important topic. So what I'd like to know, I mean, both of you can maybe address this particular issue, is is will this be a wake-up call that we're going to see more uh, involvement, more teaching of, of, of unwanted touch, or we're going to see that life is going to go back on the way, the way normal? <laughs> Dr. Trish, is this a wake-up call? Yeah, I think it's a wake-up call. I think it's not the first wake-up call. We've had other wake-up calls, and I think each one has been responded to um, by the community. It's disheartening to hear that there are schools that will try to um, shut down conversation. But again, I, I would emphasize that there is a way of addressing the issue and not continuing a conversation about Chaim Walder. I somehow feel that, you know, continuing discussion of this man is not where we need to be. Where we need to be is how do we educate, like one of your, you know, callers said, how do we educate? How do we get to the schools? How do we get to the parents? I think the conversation should really shift away from this particular person and move towards helping people report and helping people find treatment. 
Let's go to Rifke and Borough Park. Go ahead, Rifke and Borough Park, your question or comment. Go ahead, Rifke. Yes, yes. Um, it, it's a little hard in, here in America to figure out exactly what happened, but I, I sort of I can kind of guess what was going on. But here's the point that I would like to bring up. You already brought it up, Zeb Brenner, about children being alone. For anything to have happened, they had to have been alone with this gentleman. Whether it's children or the or a lady, they were alone with him. Otherwise, nothing would have happened. Now, my question is, what kind of parents are these that they leave the kids alone? And now, I will tell you that I reminded myself tonight that when my children were little, and I went to, and I went to the dentist with them, the dentist said to me, "You know, I'm a, I'm I'm kind of amazed by you. I really, I, I you know, I wish more parents were like this. You always come with your child, and I want you to know that that dentist office had about." Five um, uh, ladies there that were, you know, um, helping him, you know, nurses, five, at least five nurses in different rooms. Today. Nobody was along with the dentist. He wasn't saying it for that reason, but he was saying that as a parent, you belong with your child. When your child goes to a doctor or a dentist, you belong there. Um, I, I think... We agree. I'm, I'm a little hesitant to um, turn this into a, a parent blaming kind of thing. I think that when, you know, parents are told um, that this is a trustworthy person and parents who may be overwhelmed no. by a lot of other things no. going on in their life. Oh, no. sorry. No, it doesn't work that way. And I heard the other gentleman say, you should only go to a licensed person. You think it can't happen with even a doctor, a licensed doctor? It could happen with any anybody. You don't know. It's human nature. People have different human nature. People, you don't know what people are mentally at. What what level they're at. You don't know what they could do. It could it could literally happen with a a, a big top doc, and it has. I, I got news for you. I just heard on the radio. Whoever used this and this doctor years ago, um, uh, uh, please come forth. We found that he abused people. It has nothing to do with the fact yeah. that somebody's licensed, okay. run licensed. A right. parent belongs with the child. Yeah, thank you. But uh, I think that the, the point the doctor was making, of course, that's true. But even if in some case parents are too overwhelmed or they can't or there's a reason maybe that clinically the therapist professional opinion is that the kid needs to be alone or something like that. I mean, every case is different, but the general point that you're making is of course, of course true. Like it's, it's a lesson that, that parents need to like be on top of the whereabouts of their kids. I, I think we can all agree on that. I, I don't know. No, no doctor or anything could but I can't understand where you're coming from with this. You know, any procedure that you go, if you go to a legitimate hospital even, when when you're going with a child, they let you come along. I go to the emergency room. They were so worried about COVID. I went about a year ago with my grandchild, and they said, of course, one adult can come along with the child. It's, anyway, it's important. Oh. Rifki made an excellent point. We appreciate your contribution to the show tonight. So thank you. You're welcome. 
Okay, our final stretch. Uh, we're looking at the final chapter in the Chaim Walder story, and we're speaking uh, with Dr. Trisha T. I've been working with survivors of incest and sexual abuse for 40 years. She's with Our Place, and Mayor Laban is a Hasidic activist who has been working on this story and other stories, especially dealing with abuse in our community. We're going to be right back. Don't go away. Stay tuned. And when we come back, we'll try to squeeze in some more of your phone calls. Tonight's broadcast of Talk Line with Zev Brenner is graciously sponsored by ShopEichlers.com. They have the best selection, best service of books, Judaica, anything you need, and one-day delivery to New York, New Jersey. And you may recall that Morty Getz and ShopEichlers.com were the first to stop selling Chaim Walder's book, a very heroic move. They wanted to make a stand, make it very clear, even if it meant losing some business. So if you want to support their work, Please shop Eichlers.com. That's shop Eichlers.com. As I said, same day delivery in New York, New Jersey. Great prices, great selection, great service. Shop Eichlers.com. Hi, this is David Gabe, and you're listening to The Zev Brenner Show. Are you interested in hosting your own radio show and podcast, or perhaps a TV program? Talkline Network can help you get on the air from one hour weekly to 24 hours a day. Ideal for ethnic, foreign language, medical, business, and religious broadcasting. We also have full-time radio stations for lease, as well as FM HD channels. For more information, please call 212-769-1925. That's 212-769-1925. Or email zevbrenner at gmail.com. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Our final stretch, we're looking at the final chapter of the Chaim Walder story. Dr. Trisha Tia joined us. She's been working with survivors of sexual abuse for 40 years. She's with our place. Mayor Laban is a Hasidic activist. Mayor, I, I addressed this earlier in the evening with a, in a different segment. In your opinion, are because Chaim Walder committed suicide, is there a backtracking in some circles where they're willing to cut some slack to Chaim Walder and not take some of the allegations against him so seriously? So, I, I think that uh, in, in most of the cases, his suicide confirmed the allegations. The fact that he chose to, like, end his life um, in, in when, the, when the evidence was coming out stronger um, is just, like, confirming. And I, what I do see is there's a lot of people who have misplaced empathy. Um, and they're like, you know, they feel bad for Chaim Walder and his family. And, and I mean, I feel bad, too. Of course, it's it's normal to feel bad for the family. But because the victims don't have names and faces, people forget that those are as real as Chaim Walder and his family. That the people that he abused, although we don't know who they are, they're also in agony now. So by elevating Chaim Walder, we're not comforting his family. We're actively hurting people that have been hurt by him. And that is kind of like the, the takeaway. That's the point that a lot have been trying to get across to people. That this is not so much about Chaim Walder anymore. It's more like, as a community, how do we make it a place that where victims feel comfortable coming forward with their story, where they feel believed and supported, even if they're going to come um, out against people who are very powerful in the community, who... It might make us look bad, but we still put the safety of individuals first. Um, and I and I think that throughout the show, we've spoken a little bit about preventative measures 
and, and like how to pick a therapist and if parents should go along. But really a strong point to like get across would be um, that really what we need to do is also like to make sure as a community that we are a the kind of place where like or also as parents that when 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 we hear such stories and when victims come to us first of all they feel comfortable coming forward and that and second that they're believed and that we like really like we see them in in our society that we see them f that they exist and that um invalidate what they went through Excellent, uh, excellent points that you're making. We have about two moments left. Let me turn to Dr. Trisha Tia. Rabbi Eisen, before we mentioned the fact that if he, he supports the banning of Chaim Walder's books, for example, if a victim works into a home and sees a book by Chaim Walder, can trigger a reaction. I'm curious to get your professional opinion. If somebody walks into a house as a victim of sexual abuse, whether Chaim Walder or somebody else, can seeing a book or something else be a trigger? Hmm. I guess it could be. I think, um, you know, it can, it can feel like supporting somebody that has been accused of being a perpetrator. So I, I think that could be a trigger for people. I think, um, you know, I, I, I've never seen his books. Um, but I think there are probably a lot of other children's books. And so, I don't know why you'd even risk keeping that around. Why would you risk even your children asking you, hey, I heard about this guy. Why do we have his books? So the question I have for you is going beyond Chaim Wall. Take Bill Cosby, for example. They banned his TV show after he was convicted. But theoretically speaking, if somebody was a victim of, of Bill Cosby, if they happened to tune into the TV show, it couldn't have that same kind of effect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and remember, one of the things that, you know, it seems to be particularly distressing for survivors is that often the um, abuser is someone held up in high esteem, whether it's um, somebody that teaches, whether it's somebody that is lauded in a positive way. Um, one of the most painful things for survivors is that contrast, that contrast between, oh, your father, uncle, rabbi, teaches such a great guy, does so many wonderful things, and this person knows what they have suffered at these same hands. And that disparity has been and continues to be extremely painful for survivors. Unfortunately, we are out of time. I want to thank uh, both of you, uh, really, I think, giving us some tremendous insight and important insight. Dr. Trisha Tia, who is a co-president clinical consultant of our place, Mayor Laban, thank you for joining us on uh, our special broadcast. Thank you, Zev. Thank for you. Thank you so much. Tonight's broadcast of Talkline with Zev Brenner is graciously sponsored by ShopEichlers.com. They have the best selection, best service of books, Judaica, anything you need, and one day delivery to New York, New Jersey. And you may recall that Morty Getz and ShopEichlers.com were the first to stop selling Chaim Walder's book, a very heroic move. They wanted to make a stand, make it very clear, even if it meant losing some business. So if you want to support their work, please ShopEichlers.com. That's ShopEichlers.com. As I said, same-day delivery in New York, New Jersey. Great prices, great selection, great service. ShopEichlers.com. Thanks for listening. 
For continuous Jewish programs, hawklinenetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the talklinenetwork.com. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.